Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. It is always a great honor to be able to sit here and speak with you on topics concerning Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Thank you, uh, Ananda Brindavan, for inviting me to come and speak and to cue me to bring the microphone closer to my mouth. (laughs) The topic that I would uh, like to speak with you today on is Vaishnava values. Uh, At the risk of a spoiler alert, spoiler alert, close your ears if you don't want to hear like one of these values ahead of time. One of the values that we uh, have is Uh, Hearing, and not just ordinary hearing, hearing with rapt attention is how Sutta Goswami heard Srimad Bhagavatam from Shukadeva Goswami. One of the curious characteristics of just about every spiritual tradition and spiritual teaching is the persistence of paradox, the appearance of a contradiction within the teachings that can be resolved by a deeper understanding of those teachings. Vaishnavism is no exception, so today we're going to look at a paradox that we find in the teachings of Gaudiya Vaishnavism as presented by the founder Acharya of our Hare Krishna movement, uh, His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Vaishnava means uh, devotee of Vishnu or Krishna, and Vaishnavism is the science of attaining our eternal position as a devotee or servant of the Supreme Lord. And the reason I became uh, interested in this idea of Vaishnava values, I was inspired by uh, an annual political conference that comes here to Washington, D.C., called the Values Voter Summit, which is a very interesting use of uh, language because it implies that these voters have values and everyone else does not. Or that their values are somehow more valid or uh, more, in this case, American than other people's values. Well, of course, this is not true. They don't have a monopoly on values and they are not the only voters who vote on the basis of values. In fact, anyone who votes, votes on the basis of values. Issues are expressions of values. We don't vote on issues. We vote on, uh, if we vote, we vote on uh, the basis of values. So I got to thinking, okay, well, what are our Vaishnava values? A good place to begin is the Srimad Bhagavatam and the seventh canto, chapter five, text number three, Prahlad, the saintly son of Hiranyakashipu. Hiranyakashipu is a great big demon. And he wants his son, Prahlad, to learn demoniac values, starting with politics. (laughs) Text number three, translation. Prahlad certainly heard and recited the topics of politics and economics 
taught by the teachers, but he understood that political philosophy, philosophy involves considering someone a friend and someone else an enemy, and thus he did not like it. From the purport by Srila Prabhupada, politics involves accepting one group of men as enemies and another group as friends. Everything in politics is based on this philosophy, and the entire world, especially at present, is engrossed in it. The public is concerned with friendly countries and friendly groups or enemy countries and enemy groups. But as stated in Bhagavad Gita, a learned person does not make distinctions between enemies and friends. Although Prahlad Maharaj was obliged to hear the instructions of Sunda and Amarka, his teachers, he did not like the philosophy of friends and enemies, which forms the basis of politics. He was not interested in this philosophy. The superficial appearance of friendship thinly disguises an ulterior motive. You're my friend until it's no longer expedient for you to be my friend, and then you're not. So we get this idea that we are perhaps apolitical, that we don't get involved in politics. And yet, in Bhagavad Gita, we find that Krishna gives instructions to Arjuna that he must move through a political problem by engaging in the ultimate political solution to a political problem, warfare. He cannot just be apolitical in his situation. He has to engage with his political problem. So the problem of politics. So we don't usually think of the Hare Krishna movement as a political movement. We think of it as, as transcendental to such things. Because Srila uh, Prabhupada writes in such purports that mundane politics are something we're not really interested in, if we look at the definition of politics, we find the governance of a country, well, that means you are identifying as being from this country or that country. Nationalism means that you come from a particular country and you are therefore a big fan of your own country, like your own soccer team or something. Uh, and oftentimes, nationality is tied to race as well. This race, not that race, is really the true race of such and such country. Well, obviously, we reject these ideas because they're based in the bodily concept of life, and therefore, we are not uh, supportive of nationalist sentiments because it just reinforces the illusion, the misidentification of the self with the body of some country. And then, of course, conflict among individuals hoping to achieve power. Obviously, the idea that uh, someone can achieve any real meaningful power relative to the power of the Supreme Lord is also illusory. It is not our position to aspire to power, so to speak. Um, so our conflict is not with any particular political party or with any particular country or any of these things having to do with material consciousness. Our conflict is with material consciousness itself. However, Srila Prabhupada founded a political movement. A political movement is a group of people working together to achieve a political goal. The social mission that Srila Prabhupada establishes, the very first reason for forming this institution, is a social agenda, a social mission to systematically propagate spiritual knowledge to society at large and all people, 
not just an internal specific group. Clearly, Srila Prabhupada thinks that the key to achieving unity and peace in the world is to check the imbalance of values in life. And what is that imbalance? The imbalance is that material consciousness, material culture, materialistic culture is caught up in the modes of passion and ignorance. And our mission is to balance that out with an infusion of transcendental knowledge that elevates the society towards the mode of goodness. The political objective, the re-spiritualization of the entire human society. This is from the preface, Srila Prabhupada's preface from Srimad Bhagavatam. So now we have this paradox, a spiritual movement with a political objective. How is this paradox resolved? Politics is spiritualized simply by adding Krishna. This is from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 3, Chapter 5, Text Number 10, Srila Prabhupada's Commentary. Historical events, discussions of politics, become transcendental as soon as you add Krishna. And that is the way to transform mundane things, like mundane politics, into spiritual things, spiritual politics. So our first social action in our spiritual lives is the chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari. In addition, of course, to helping you make spiritual advancement, whenever someone is speaking here and they get you to do that, it's just to make sure you're all paying attention and you're awake. <laughs> the root cause of material problems is material consciousness. The primary means of solving the problem of material consciousness is the chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra. But we don't just sit at home and chant the Hare Krishna mantra. We don't just sit here in the temple and chant Hare Krishna. No, we take it to the streets. We go out because our actual mission, our Yuga Dharma, the proper way to respond to our destiny in this particular season of time is to take the chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra out into public spaces. And that means we need public spaces. We are against the privatization of public spaces because if public spaces are privatized, if the private sector encroaches on the public sector to the extent that there are no public spaces, then how will we go out and do Sankirtan? So this is actually a political issue, the privatization of public spaces. If there are no public spaces, there's no opportunity for Kirtan. Therefore, we're against it. This is the Kirtan party that my wife, with the help of her spiritual co-conspirators, organized to participate in the uh, climate march sometime earlier. This was a very, very ecstatic experience of uh, devotees from various uh, areas coming together and friends uh, and yoga students from the yoga community also coming together to chant. Now, why would we chant in a climate march? Because we are environmentalists. We uh, object to unrestrained capitalism and unregulated industrialization that leads to the pollution of Mother Earth, the destruction of Mother Earth. Therefore, we favor a strong and independent environmental protection agency.
Our values actually support a lot of regulation by Kshatriyas uh, on the Vaishyas and uh, a high level of taxation, 25% of profits, no offshore accounts to hide your money, no fancy accounting tricks. Accountants in the audience, please take note. 25% of your profits, boss, no excuses. Now, we don't have a monopoly on spiritual activism. There are other groups who also feel very strongly about uh, their own uh, spiritual connection to political action. Like these folks. These are members of the Westboro Baptist Church, and they are convinced that if you are gay or lesbian or transgender, then God hates you. Do we subscribe to a philosophy that says God hates anyone? No, we do not. We hear from Krishna and Bhagavad Gita that he's equal to all. He's especially inclined towards those who are devoted to him, which is natural. But he is equal to everyone. And our mission is to provide knowledge on the techniques of spiritual life to everyone, to the whole society, all-inclusive, not just straight people, not just white people, not just Americans, not just men. Everyone can live in our house. So we would not accept this as spiritual at all from our point of view. This would fall into the category of bad theology. A little uh, juxtaposition of moods. Here's Anonymous, personified by Guy Fawkes, who uh, represents the uh, desire to blow up the state. <laughs> and his message, it comes from the universe. You are always loved. Now, of course, the universe isn't a person, except that how can someone who's not a person love anyone? We project, we superimpose the idea of personness on the universe when we ask the universe to cooperate with us or when we think that the universe loves us, etc. It's an interesting twist of language that to appeal to people who want to be spiritual but not religious, you have to take God, explicitly at least, out of the equation and therefore he becomes the universe. But we understand that the universe is the Virat Rupa, Krishna himself, entering into the universe uh, as the Param Atma. Your conception of God determines the nature of your faith in God and how that faith plays out in the social sphere. Aisha Evans, about to be arrested at a Black Lives, Matters, uh, Black Lives Matter protest in Baton Rouge, Louisiana last year. Is this spiritual? Is this a kind of spiritual protest? Why not? Why would we say that this is not spiritual or that it is spiritual? The uh, tendency is to identify social action as spiritual if it happens to conform with your particular socio-political outlook. A lot of people would say that this is very spiritual and others would say there's nothing spiritual about it. So we have to ask ourselves, do we oppose the whole Black Lives Matter movement because it's just in the bodily conception of life or do we support the Black Lives Matter movement because we want our system of justice to operate with the same kind of equal vision that Krishna advocates in the uh, Bhagavad Gita? 
if uh, I need to go for a Joppa walk, I haven't finished chanting my round, so in the evening, perhaps I will just walk around my neighborhood with my Joppa bag and chant, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Hare Hare. But for a devotee in a black body, this might be not such a good look because perhaps the police will just assume because he's in a black body that this is a gun and not Joppa beads. One way to think about how we relate to this Black Lives Matters movement. Okay, how do we know for sure that our activism is actually spiritual according to our Vaishnava philosophy? Well, here's what I came up with. We take religion and philosophy and put them together. Religion, re, again, ligio, to connect, to bind together. Philosophy, the love of knowledge. We join faith and knowledge together in our Vaishnava philosophy. Therefore, our faith is reasonable, backed up by reason. You put these two things together and you create meaning. It, this tells us what is the meaning, what is the purpose of our lives. And once we understand the meaning of our lives, then that drives a set of values. Those values drive a set of ethics, guidelines that tell us how to act. Moral decision-making is driven by ethics. And then your action determines your results, right? No, because the results are up to Krishna. From the standpoint of Vaishnava philosophy, we engage in activities that are pleasing to Krishna for the sake of pleasing Krishna. We do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, and then we let Krishna take care of the results. The results are not up to us. Okay. Here are six Vaishnava values. Austerity. Austerity means renunciation of materialistic pursuits, but it also means voluntarily putting yourself in some place that is outside your comfort zone to make yourself uncomfortable for the specific purpose of personal growth. That's actually the meaning of austerity. Purity, personal and environmental cleanliness in uh, word, thought, and deed, and in your personal environment. Mercy, kindness and generosity to all beings. Uh, truthfulness, acting on the basis of the truth. Not just being honest, but acting in such a way, bless you, that uh, you are living in harmony with the truth, with reality. No alternative facts allowed. Directed inquiry. Self-study, trying to understand, who am I? What is the nature of this world? How did I get here? What do I do with this thing? And then devotion to Krishna. So here's another way to look at these six values. The first four are the four pillars of Dharma described in Srimad Bhagavatam. They also correspond to the five yamas or uh, ethical imperatives described in Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. They also are the source of the uh, moral restraints that one commits to 
when one takes initiation in the Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition uh, here in our temple. Uh, we restrain uh, from intoxication, uh, sexual promiscuity, meat eating and gambling. That's where these four regulative principles come from. Then the next directed inquiry, hearing. Hearing about the nature of self-realization from those who are self-realized and who have done us the favor of recording their experience of self-realization for our benefit. And then devotion, chanting. So hearing, the first process of devotional service, and then chanting, remembering, serving, etc., etc. All of these are activities of devotion. So the nine processes of devotional service are included here. How does this play out irrespective of what kind of yoga you practice? Krishna speaks of four different types of yoga in the Bhagavad Gita. The first, karma yoga, action infused with spiritual intention and detachment. You change the motivation for your actions uh, from I just want something for myself to I want to make this a sacrifice for my spiritual advancement. I offer the results to Vishnu or Krishna. And eventually detachment from the, even the work itself. It doesn't matter what I do as long as it's an offering. Raja yoga, action infused with spiritual ethics and mysticism. So we abide by uh, the universal morality of yoga and then by mechanical processes, uh, a very subtle science of controlling the life force within the body, moving it through the energy channels uh, and eventually uh, coming to the perception of the true nature of the self. Jnana yoga, action infused with spiritual knowledge and renunciation, study of the Vedas and renunciation of the material world as being illusory, false, an illusory superimposition on Brahman. The objective here is to understand and ultimately merge with Brahman. And then bhakti yoga, action infused with spiritual feelings and service. Now, bhakti yoga subsumes all the others because uh, each of these other systems has a place for bhakti in it as a means to an end. Bhakti yoga as a standalone practice is both the means to an end and the end in and of itself. Krishna takes Arjuna through a progression of motives in the Bhagavad Gita as he transforms his consciousness from material back to spiritual. So here's how this would apply from the standpoint of spiritual activism. We'll take the example once again of environmental activism because this is universally acknowledged uh, as a Vaishnava principle is that we are uh, protectors of the earth. We may begin with, I want unpolluted natural resources for me to enjoy. I want to be able to swim in the river and drink the water. I want to be able to uh, live in a nice place for me. Extended selfishness might be, well, I want to uh, leave a livable planet to my children and my grandchildren. It's not just about me, but I have future generations to think about. A little uh, more advanced in this progression would be understanding that it's my duty to take care of the earth, that it's not mine 
to use and exploit as I want, uh, that uh, I have an obligation to uh, protect the earth. It's my duty to care for all living beings on the earth, so an even more expanded sense of compassion for all living beings. You're busted. <laughs> the earth is a manifestation of spiritual energy. We understand from uh, the Vedanta Sutra that the material world is a transformation of spiritual energy. And therefore, this planet is also ultimately spiritual. The earth is the virat rupa, the universal form. So this earth is part of the universe that Krishna has entered into as the param atma, and therefore we must respect the presence of the Lord within, the Lord's own energy. Then finally, service to Mother Earth equals remembrance of the Supreme Lord and uh, the Lord's energies, which is the sum total of reality. There are four strategies of social action. Okay. Service, service to your community, reaching in, being part of the community uh, that you live in and just engaging with your community in a cause that uh, everyone feels is in uh, their best interest to support. Advocacy for a righteous cause. Direct action, getting right up in the face of a dharma, of unrighteousness. And non-cooperation, refusing to uh, support something that we think is evil. For example, uh, here there's a sign right up on the altar, please don't bring your stuff in a plastic bag. Why? Because plastic bags are evil. <laughs> they are. The way they're manufactured, what happens to them when we're done with them, it's just all bad stuff. So, so, so we don't, so the reason the war on drugs in America has failed is because the Drug Enforcement Agency went after the supply instead of the demand. If you take all the money out of the gig, then nobody wants it. So if you want to defeat something, take the profit out of it. Because then people won't be interested in supplying that thing. Okay, so that brings us to four steps to spiritual activism. You choose a category of engagement. Pick a cause, environmentalism or whatever cause floats your boat. You connect that cause to the Vaishnava values, the six values. Then you connect the values to one of the action strategies. Then you end up with spiritual activism and the result of spiritual activism is the spiritualization, the re-spiritualization of the entire human society. So this is how we can be active in our communities and contribute to this cause in addition to going out to public spaces and chanting Hare Krishna. I want to make it as easy as possible for you to be able to do this. So I made this worksheet. Here's the close-up view. So here's how this works. This is an Excel spreadsheet. You have fields of action here. And I've got a long list of different causes. You can add your own if you don't find it listed here. Here are the Vaishnava values. Here are the ethics associated, the ethical guidelines associated with each value. Here's an internal practice or an attitude that goes with these values. And then, here are your strategies. Look, 
these are blank your job is to fill in the blank choose a field of action line it up with a value decide which strategies you want to use you want to go for and then tactics what are you going to actually do based on that strategy I took this for a test drive with some of my yoga students and there's an example if you want to you do animal rights activism then here are four different actions you can take within each of the four strategies that lines up with mercy if you want to engage in uh, fighting capitalism and consumer culture then mazel tov to you that would be austerity and here are four ideas of how you can engage in an action so I really want you to uh, have the benefit of that worksheet to make your life easy for those of you listening at home bit.ly slash spiritual dash activism dot pdf you can download this uh, worksheet as a pdf file when you print it out you want to print it a little larger than eight and a half by eleven so you may have to go to your local uh, printout place and get uh, a sheet of paper that's uh, eleven by uh, fourteen or something like that so it's a little big here's what I want to do next I want to open the floor up to questions first comments second please state the nature of your question and then if that has to have some clarification to it uh, then tell me like what's the rationale you've got a question yes sir David Prabhu. so if I heard right maybe I misunderstood you you said this worksheet you can pick one of these out and these concepts are apply and, and thank you for a nice um, connection to politics and, and transcendental lifestyles I never quite made that connection in that way before so that was nice um, you said you can do these different activities in addition to just going out on Harinam so my question is is not going on Harinam enough why do you need to do something else also ah very good question okay so Harinam Hari name of Krishna Nama name so Harinam Sankirtan Kirtan is the chanting of the names of Krishna Sankirtan makes it complete Nagar Sankirtan means we take it out into the city and go out and chant uh, for the benefit of the general public um, and that is our uh, express essential service is to do that okay how many of you pay taxes all right Keep your hands up for a minute how many of you pay taxes okay now how many of you don't care what happens to the money you pay in taxes you really don't care okay don't care how many of you don't care what happens to the money that you pay in taxes just couldn't care less okay there you go there's your reason because uh, if we're participating in society as taxpayers then our tax dollars could very easily go to things we don't support that are not aligned with our values therefore in addition to going out and purifying the atmosphere with the Hare Krishna mantra we can if we care engage in the political process in order to redirect our tax dollars towards causes we support for example uh, the latest tax plan that's being trotted out 
makes it very easy for corporations not to pay taxes. Uh, and uh, why would we support this? Why would we, why would we want uh, taxes not to be paid in order for build, bridges to be built, streets to be fixed, public schools to be funded, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? So, you know, we're already participating. And it's a question of do we uh, want to move society in such a way so that our tax dollars actually go to Krishna's service and things that are aligned with uh, Krishna's values? Uh, or will we disengage from the political process and from social engagement uh, and let uh, politicians just do whatever they want with our money that may have nothing to do with what we would like our tax dollars uh, to do. So um, that's, that's one reason. Is that helpful? Yeah, all right. Okay, other questions? Ladies, yes. Thank you so much for the class, and um, I, I agree with it. It, it's a connection I hadn't made, so uh, thank you. I'm not sure this question is going to come out fully formed, but what's coming up for me as I listen I, and think of your chart, which I don't have in front of me right now, um, is the example. How, how does being an example, which is one of the things that we talk about mm -hmm. in Krishna consciousness, you know, living the values of Vaishnavism, living Krishna conscious values, showing up in a certain way, right. how does that tie in or how effective is that as a standalone as opposed to being more proactive, which is what I'm hearing you're promoting? Right. Got it. Thank you. Okay. Live your values in public. I call this in-reach. We do a lot of outreach, reaching out to people and saying, hey, come on in, the water's fine. Okay. In-reach means participating in your community as the Hare Krishna person in your community. It means being you know, out, of, out of the closet in a positive way where you simply share your values with people who are engaged in a like-minded activity, a similar field. Uh, and then when, if someone gets curious, then you teach. So sharing and teaching is part of in-reach, meaning participating in your community where there's enough of a connection, as opposed to outreach, which means we reach out to people and uh, ask them to come and be part of our club. Be part of someone else's club and inject your values as a Vaishnava into that community effort. Because when you live your values privately, nobody knows. But when you live your values publicly and you share them with people, then people who didn't know anything about the philosophy of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, of Krishna consciousness, will have an opportunity to find out and see how they're practical, how they actually make sense uh, from the standpoint of engagement with the world and how we live our lives in the world, how we move through the world. So that's my recommendation for that. Does that make sense? We talk about going out and... and living the values, talking the values, it's really about embodying the values. And yes. Srila Prabhupada was successful, is my understanding. I wasn't here at the time, but because he, in fact, went and embodied those values and captured the attention of so many 
by his simple presence. And he did it as a function of inreach. Prabhupada did not do outreach. He reached in to the culture and social body of America in the 1960s, in New York and San Francisco. Prabhupada became part of the counterculture. And he embodied those values within the context of that counterculture that he became a part of. And then, by so doing, yes, he attracted people from that culture to him and to Krishna. So if we are to follow in Srila Prabhupada's footsteps, since he is our acharya, our teacher by example, then we can also do that same thing. We can become part of someone else's community and live our values, embody those values, and therefore attract people to living in accordance with those very same values. They, they may find what they have more in common than, than they realized. Okay, thank you. All right, uh, back here. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. I really like it when you said that Srila Prabhupada, when he did that inreach, he looked at the values within the culture and he, you know, you know, used the philosophy to further that. So instead of bringing our values, which can alienate us at times, don't you think it would be more useful to find groups who are actually supporting some of our values and then reinforce and support them and then bring the philosophy in? So. Good question. So if I understand it correctly, you're asking, wouldn't it be better to find groups that are already sympathetic with our values? Okay, uh, rather, okay. So there's two ways to think about this. One, uh, let's take animal rights activism. They are sympathetic to our values. They may not have the same complete picture of animal rights activism that uh, we have. Uh, you know, there are many people who work very, very hard uh, to save dogs and to place them in homes, and then they will eat pigs and cows. And they don't see the difference, okay? So by being part of an animal uh, rights activist community, uh, you can amplify and expand their sense of their values. Now, there's still something in common. We, st we have a st common starting point. Srila Prabhupada didn't have a starting common starting point with hippies. In fact, when a reporter asked Srila Prabhupada what uh, would a perfect world look like if everything was just the way you wanted it? He said, everyone would be happy and there would be no hippies. <laughs> so he's part of this hippie counterculture in his own kind of way, but he's thinking, no, no more hippies. <laughs> so. All right. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, thanks Krishna. for the lecture. Uh, I've been listening to Vaishnava, uh, but I really don't understand at what point we should call uh, a person or ourselves as Vaishnava? Uh, okay, so the question is, at what point does one qualify as being a Vaishnava? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a devotee uh, named Charudas uh, is credited with offering a analysis of some of the problems devotees have, some of the challenges devotees have in, in uh, spreading Krishna consciousness. Um, he said that Srila Prabhupada told us that we were all pure devotees. And the problem is we believed him. <laughs> devotees were in India 
with Prabhupada, and they noticed that uh, a devotee, an Indian devotee, like a, a sannyasi, uh, had seen the devotees, the Western devotees in India, and he offered obeisances. And they asked Prabhupada, why was he offering obeisances to us? And Prabhupada said, because he is a Vaishnava, implying that the devotees were yet to really get to that platform. Srila Prabhupada said, uh, thought of everyone who is engaged, trying to engage in pure devotional service to the best of their ability, he considered them Vaishnava. So uh, you can be very specific and say, well, until one is a pure devotee, one is not really a Vaishnava. Or you can say, I am aspiring to be a, a pure devotee. I'm doing the best I can. I am uh, trying to understand my identity as an eternal servant of Krishna. That means Vaishnava. Vaishnava, by the way, is not an upadi. It's not a temporary material designation. Uh, it is a description of the eternal occupation of the living entity. So it is not dependent on any particular religion or any particular ethnicity or any particular gender or any of that. It's the eternal occupation of the living entity. So as long as you are aspiring to understand this and be a servant of Krishna, then in that sense, one is certainly a Vaishnava. Okay. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Um, I just want to add something to what you said before. And I want to tell you that thank you for showing this because it's doable. Why I say it's doable? Because I'm a bus driver. I drive for Metro. And I go with my Tilak, mm. my Sika, and my Kuntimal on my neck. And everybody who sees me, unless it's not Indian, uh, they're kind of curious. Right. And they ask questions. I ask the I answer the question, and at the same time, the only thing that I cannot do is give books while mm -hmm. I'm driving or do things like that. But it, it's it's funny because now that the, the, there is a regular route, the people who gets on the bus as soon as they get in, they pay obeisances. They go Hare Krishna. Ah, That's a good thing. Very good. Okay. Excellent. Yes. So it's 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 not only that it's doable. But we need to follow. We need to get serious with what Prabhupada tried to teach us. He said, you can wear your tilak, you can wear your sika, you can wear your kuntimala, and dress like American gentleman and keep doing the service you're supposed to do. Yes, very good. Thank you very much. Thank you, Prabhupada. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Hari Kirtan. Um, yeah.